I have, I have a pretty close circle of people that I like to collaborate with. Um, that circle changes over time. It kind of evolves every six months or so. Some new people come in, some people who uh, I've been working with for a while might go on to do other things. But I, I try to keep the people that I collaborate with really close to me because I think it's important that uh, when I'm working with someone really intensely that we have a mutual understanding of the things that we're doing and that we trust each other. And that is doesn't just happen overnight. You really got to work on that. You've got to kind of get to know one another really well. Uh, and I think I've achieved that uh, in some respects with the people that I'm working with now. And I think I've had that before and the people I've worked with in the past. Um, but that's always kind of been my M.O., is to work with a small group of people really closely rather than work with kind of everybody, but just not very well, not very much. When I was uh, in school, especially in high school, you know, I was kind of the, <laughs> I mean, I'm an academic today, so I guess it's no surprise that I was the nerdy, geeky kid in school who uh, did a lot of work with uh, science and technology and was really into uh, academics. Uh, I wasn't really into grades. I, I always stopped short of saying that I'm really, I was really into grades. I really didn't care much about grades at all. Um, but what I did care about was kind of learning and like embracing knowledge and kind of absorbing as much information as I could while I was there. Uh, and so I would, you know, we have, you get, you develop these cliques in, in high school, right? And so I had my clique and uh, the people that were there, you know, all kind of looked to me to kind of do the work on our group work pro projects. And that was fine. I never, it never bothered me that, uh, that I was the one to be responsible for the project because I really enjoyed it and it never really kind of upset me or anything. I just did it because I was like, oh yeah, let's do this. Okay. This is my role. This is what I get to do. I'm going to take that and jump right into it. And uh, it, it gave me a purpose. It gave me a sense of uh, belonging because, you know, I was doing something for the team. Uh, even if that meant that they got a chance to kind of uh, mess around, it gave me a chance to kind of do the work. So when we were dissecting frogs in science class, I was the one doing the dissecting, taking things apart. And occasionally the group members would check in with me. You know, how's it going? Is, are you, is this the things going well and I would oh yeah look this is the heart these are the lungs blah 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 so it was fun it was kind of like I became a little mini teacher whenever I was working in groups and then that was also a chance for me to kind of really uh, embrace the learning process and that went on into college and my first computer science class when I was learning programming you know the teacher would teach a lesson and I was taking off and doing different things and trying and experimenting and so then he would pair me up with some other students and then I would work with them and they would always be asking me, but how do you do this? And I would be like, oh, this is how you do it. And uh, it was fun. I really enjoyed it. I, I, like I said, I took that as my role and as my purpose and group work was to kind of lead the group, uh, the work of the group, not to lead the group necessarily, but to lead the group, the work of the group. And I enjoyed that part. Um, and then later on, as I've developed in my career and I began to work in research, uh, one of the aspects of research that I think a lot of people don't realize is that it's very rare that people do research on their own. For their doctoral studies, they will probably be doing some of that research on their own. But the majority of research that's done today is done in teams and very diverse teams, diverse in terms of the disciplines that they belong to, diverse in terms of the background of the people, of the participants, uh, diverse in almost any, any respect you can imagine. And so uh, the work that I was doing as a researcher 
I couldn't really do what I had done before in school where I was just being the one to take responsibility and do the whole thing. I needed to work with others and I got a lot of joy from that. There was a lot of uh, interesting opportunities that came out of that. And I can always kind of switch it on and be personable and affable and kind of uh, be a, you know, a little bit charming to find ways of getting on with other people and find ways of being flexible and working with other people because, well, the, the academic, uh, the world of academia is full of very interesting and colorful personalities. And so it's always been kind of my, you know, uh, aim to, is to flex and accommodate and support and be ways of, be, find ways of uh, working with others, no matter how kind of uh, different their personalities might be. And so uh, this is one of the key things that you have to do when you write a research project proposal. So if you're ever applying for funding for grant funding, especially if it's competitive, uh, if it's a competitive bid, you're very, very likely to have to put together a consortia of different institutions and different academics who are participating in the project. Now, there's probably going to be a lead researcher of some sort or the other some sort of principal investigator, but uh, the likelihood is that there's gonna be a whole group of people that are gonna be contributing to that project and that they're gonna span every possible um, area, field, uh, expertise that you could imagine. Uh, and so as I started getting into writing proposals and getting grants funded, it's, uh, that was something that I really had to take seriously is finding ways of working with others. And when I first started doing this, it was kind of like, I'll take whatever I can get. So I wasn't really too picky about the people that I was working with. It was just like, hey, I need somebody who can do this. You can do that. And you belong to an institution that would be eligible for funding under this. Okay, great. Here are your incentives. Here are my incentives. And here's how we can work together on this proposal. So the people that I would work with, we didn't really necessarily have a super close relationship. It was just kind of like, hey, we're working together because of circumstance. Uh, there's funding here that's available that we can apply for, or there's funding that we received that we got to uh, do a project on. Um, and so being able to operate in those kinds of environments was really important to my early, the early part of my career, and it really helped me develop the social skills to be able to get along with different people. Uh, but I think more importantly, it gave me an opportunity to be a little bit more critical about the kinds of people that I do want to collaborate with, like under ideal circumstances. And so as my career has developed, uh, whenever I start looking at these different project uh, proposals or call for, calls for funding that come out, I can think a little bit more strategically about the kinds of people that I want to involve because if I'm taking a lead on writing a project proposal, I get to kind of pick and choose who are going to be the partners in the proposal. And uh, I, the, the way I inform those choices is not always just in terms of who might be eligible or who might be the best pick on paper. But who do I truly want to work with and who do I believe is going to be able to create the most impact in this project and whose life can benefit from being involved in this project? So I, I very rarely think about um, what's kind of in it for the, uh, the, the, the guts and the glory of the project. I really think about the people who are involved in the project. How can they get the most value out of it and how can we as a group create the most impact? 
with it. And I think this is how I ended up with this proposal that I've, uh, I got funded from the EU uh, this year, was really focusing in on the people and who, who do I want to work with. And, uh, and in doing so, you know, it got, gave me a chance to develop new relationships, relationships that I had kind of scouted and realized that, yeah, these are people that I would like to work with if, if there was an imaginable future that I could work with them. And then these are people that I've worked with before that I would love to continue working with. And so that project and the, the work that I'm doing now is really, I, I sit in a position of privilege because I can be more selective with who I work with and I don't have to focus so much on um, filling a gap, but really finding a way of making the gap work for me, make it work for the people who I'm working with. Uh, and I think that's a really, really fun and uh, interesting uh, approach now. So uh, I had a, a mentor early in my academic career who gave me a really sound piece of advice when it came to applying for project proposals and applying for grant funding. And that was basically, there's two most critical elements to applying for funding, uh, really two um, kind of, uh, when I say applying for funding, I want to be clear here. What I mean is that when there's somebody who has resources and you're asking for those resources, there's two most important things that you have to think about. Number one, the idea. Uh, and they, uh, my mentor explained this to me very, very clearly. The idea has to be strong and it has to come from you as the leader. Uh, they were very clear about that because a lot of times when it, what can happen is when you bring together a large group of people, the inclination can be that, oh, we have this group of people together. We have to operate like a democracy and everybody has to have their uh, say in the idea. Uh, my mentor had a, a different uh, kind of way of approaching this. Uh, and what they really uh, kind of espoused was that you as the leader of this effort has to have a clear vision that you attract people to that vision and that you get them to kind of sign on to it. Uh, that doesn't mean that the vision can't be molded and uh, isn't flexible enough to accommodate changes based on the perspectives of the other people who are coming into that, process, that project. But it does mean that there needs to be a clear central narrative that you uh, kind of own as the project leader. And so uh, that being the key critical criteria, the second key critical criteria is the people, the network that is involved in that proposal. So if you're asking for resources from someone, you have to be able to say, here's my idea, here's the people that are involved, and both of those need to be strong. Uh, everything else is secondary. Everything else is near, not nearly as important as the idea and the people. And the funny thing is, uh, my mentor was an academic, and he was really focused in on, on research funding, and it bears out, it bears, it's borne out truth in my experience in, in uh, academia, but it also applies to entrepreneurship and innovation. Because when you pitch for an investor or you pitch for a client, uh, those are the two most critical elements, I would say, to getting that funding, getting that support is the idea and the people behind it. You may not have your financials lock step just 100% perfect. There may need to be some modifications there. You may not even have your implementation plan completely articulated. But if you've got a great idea and a great group of people who support that idea, who are pushing that boundary, then I think you can go 
really, really, really far and everything else you can kind of figure out as you go along. Uh, so I, I attribute this advice to being the success behind a lot of my academic efforts, behind a lot of my entrepreneurial efforts. So if you work in any of these fields, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a researcher, if you're an innovator, uh, even if you just want to pitch to a boss a new idea, think first, what is that idea? Do you, are you able to clearly articulate your narrative? And then secondly, who is supporting it? Who have you rallied to push this idea forward, to make this idea happen? Um, so my call to action here is think about a clear idea that you want to champion, that you want to move forward, and try to articulate uh, a vision and a definition of some sort around a collaborator, an ideal collaborator that you would want to work with you on that idea. And remember, this is not about detailing a CV. I think people fall into that trap so often. They're like, oh, I'm, I'm starting a business, so I need this skill, this skill, this skill. That matters to a certain extent. You do need someone who can and do those things. But what matters even more is the type of person that they are. So think about the whole person and not just their CV.